0: Well, hey, my name is Mark. I get the privilege of serving on the team here at The Exchange. We're so glad you're joining us. Uh, Today we're actually closing out our last week of our Waiting Forward series. And the whole idea behind Waiting Forward is the idea is how do we move forward when life isn't? How do we move forward when life isn't? And we just heard uh, an incredible story uh, by a man by the name of Fernando, Mr. Fernando. And Fernando is such a powerful man of God. He serves on our team here at Grace. Uh, But it's been so cool to just see how God has been shaping his Journey. And I know for he and Nancy, uh, it's, been, it's been a hard, hard journey. It's been challenging. There's been a lot of ups and downs. We actually served together. Um, and I've been so in awe of how God has just been working on Fernando and his faith in this journey. And obviously, you can see it's been challenging for them. It's not easy. I'm sure it was life changing, life altering, provided a lot of difficulties for not only how he served the church, but how he served his family. But the thing that Fernando leaned into was the presence of God. He leaned, he leaned into the presence of God more than ever. He knew God was still writing his story. God wasn't wasting that moment. God was writing his story. And what I love about this, is it, it drew he and his family closer together. It brought them closer together. It brought them not only closer together as a family, but closer to God. And one thing I know to be true, it's bringing so many people closer to Jesus. That story is bringing so many people closer to Jesus and I think we can all agree the worst feeling in life is waiting right the worst feeling in life is is waiting and oftentimes it's so hard for us to wait on God it makes it even harder for us to wait on God when we're trusting God for something but it's important it's important we understand this God never wastes the weight God never wastes the weight It's in the waiting moments of life, it's in the hardship, it's in the challenges that we go through. It's in those moments where it's difficult and overwhelming and discouraging. We have two choices. We can allow the waiting moments to draw us closer to God, or we can allow it to take us away from God. We can allow it to draw us closer to God, or we can allow it to pull us away from God. You see, in the waiting, it's so often when things aren't going our way, when things aren't looking too good, we start to question God. God, why would you do this? God, how could you do this? God, why would you allow this to happen to me? How could you even be a good God and allow me to face this? I think it's so easy when we're going through those waiting moments to allow our discouragement to lead to disbelief. It starts messing with our idea of who God is. It starts messing with our faith. So I want to start with this. What's that thing in your life? What's that waiting moment that you're going through that's kind of discouraging you? It's kind of setting you back. It feels like a setback, but what God is really trying to show you, it is a huge setup for your story. What's that thing in your life that seems like it's just causing you to drift away from God, to drift away from Jesus, to drift away from the idea that he is capable, that he is a healing God, he is a powerful God, that he is a good God. You see, sometimes in life, there is a waiting season, a challenging season. It'll lead us to more questions than answers. It'll lead us to more pain than anything. It'll lead us to a lot more hurt than any good in our lives. And I want to start here. I want to share uh, one of those experiences in my life. I, I shared with you guys uh, a couple months back uh, a journey that my sister actually had to face. Uh, she was diagnosed with end-stage kidney renal failure. One of her kidneys wasn't working at all. The other was only functioning at about 10%, this is about 11 years ago. I remember coming home one day from school and I walk in the door and my mom and dad were sitting there at the table, my sister was nowhere to be found and they told me, your sister's admitted to the hospital, she has end-stage kidney renal failure. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but we went to go visit my sister. And I remember for months going by, my sister was hospitalized and little by little she started to lose her hair, started to lose her strength I remember when they finally brought her home, I'd hear her in the middle of the night throwing up because of what was taking place inside of her. She was growing weak. She she couldn't even go to school anymore. Her immune system was compromised or she couldn't be exposed to anyone. Like we couldn't even have people over our house. And I remember asking God, God, what are you doing? God, why would you do this? God, how could you be a good God? How could you allow my sister to face this? I started to question God. I started to wrestle with God. I was in disbelief that God could be good, yet allow my sister to go through that. You see, the weight can draw us closer to God when we trust he has a plan. The weight can draw us closer to God when we trust he has a plan. But when we don't trust God, it's so easy for us to be taken away from God. It's so easy for us to drift away from our belief. But I think it's so powerful what I see in Romans chapter eight, verse 28. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. You see, even in the way, God has a plan and is working for our good. He's maturing us. Things may not look good on the outside, but he's doing something on the inside. He's maturing us. He's building us. He's stirring up our faith. But the problem is, so often we let our questions, we let our fears, we let them grow bigger than our theology. We let them grow bigger than our faith. We let them grow bigger than what we read in Romans chapter 8. It's so often that we let our questions and our fear grow bigger than our theology and our faith. And I say this, I know it's hard to trust God in the way. I know it's hard to trust God in the way. And as we just heard this testimony of Fernando, maybe for you, you're in this room and you're not fighting for physical heal- healing because you're not facing pulmonary hypertension. But maybe for you, you're, you're fighting for healing with your heart because it's been broken. Maybe for you, you're, you're fighting for healing and hope because you're trying to let go of the past, the abuse, the hurt that someone's taken you through. Maybe for you, Your waiting moment, what you're waiting on God to do is change an addiction that you're facing to remove an addiction from your life. Maybe for you, you're waiting on God to provide a job that you studied ever so hard in college for and the door has never seemed to open. Maybe for you, you're waiting on God for a spouse and you're, you're struggling with this idea as you approach your late 20s that you could find someone now, that you could start a family. Maybe that's your waiting moment Maybe for you, you're just waiting on God for a certain breakthrough in your life. But here's what we're all thinking. When I'm in the waiting, it it just doesn't seem like God's, God's doing anything. I can't hear God. I can't see God doing anything. Let me remind you, oftentimes it's not on the outside, it's on the inside, he's working something new. Let me remind you, don't mistake quietness for absence. Don't mistake quietness for absence. God is working in the waiting. It's in the waiting where God can do his greatest work, but we've got to do our part. We've got to trust him. That's the hardest part for all of us. The hardest part is trusting God in the waiting. We've got to be willing to draw close to him, not allow it to drift or cause us to drift away. It's in the waiting God can do his greatest work. And so often it's hard for us to understand the wait. No one wants to be in the wait. Like, let's be honest, we're millennial generation. Some of us, Gen Z, we're instant gratification generation. We want everything here, now, the way we want it. Let me tell you, God doesn't operate on your timing. His timing is perfect. God doesn't operate on your clock. He has his own clock. His clock is perfect. And oftentimes in the waiting, we just get so worked up and we want to take matters into our own hands. So what do we do? We hop into a relationship that we were never meant to be in. We start taking on debt because we are so eager to get a car, get a house, debt that we could never handle. We step into things prematurely. And what does that lead us to? A bigger setback, a bigger deficit, maybe even a longer wait game. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Say grow. Verse 4 says, let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Not only does God want you to go through the weight, he wants you to grow through your weight. Not only does God want you to just go through the weight of life, he wants you to be intentional and grow through the weight. You see, when God is doing his work in the seasons of waiting, so often it may not be visible because he's working on your faith. He's maturing you. He's stretching your faith. He's building your faith. He's writing your story. But you've got to be willing to trust him in the weight and know that he is in control. Oftentimes, it's the weight that is building our faith. The purpose of our weight, the purpose of our pain sometimes, often is deeper than what we can see, beyond what we can comprehend, and more fruitful than what you can fathom. Sometimes the weight oftentimes is deeper than what you can see, beyond what you can comprehend, and more fruitful than what you can imagine or fathom. I don't know about you, but when I reflect on my life I learned a lot of things in the weight. I learned a lot of things in the painful moments of life. I learned a lot of things in the challenging moments of life. It made me stronger. It helped me grow. Think about all of us, when we were younger, when we were kids and growing up, we would face these pains in our body as we would grow up and get taller and get bigger. They're called growth pains. Many of us are crying, we're screaming, we're asking God to deliver us from this thing. But what it is, is a growth pain. He's setting us up for growth. But we've got to be willing to trust him. We've got to be willing to trust him. There's a story in the Bible. It's uh, the book of Habakkuk. Say that three times, I know, right? And it's an Old Testament story of this prophet. His name was Habakkuk. And when I say prophet, his job was to bring a word from God to a group of people. And here in the book of Habakkuk, we see something different. Habakkuk isn't bringing a word to God's people. He's bringing his word. He's bringing his emotions, his frustrations to God. He's angry. He's angry. He's been waiting on God to do what God, he knows God should be doing. See, what was taking place at that time was there was a group, two groups of people, the Israelites and the Babylonians, and they were living in sin. They were wicked, wicked people, the Bible tells us. They were doing a ton of things wrong, but here was the thing. They had a lot of influence. They had a ton of influence amongst all of the people. So Habakkuk's looking at God like, yo, why wouldn't you just literally end them? (laughs) Like, Why don't you just do what's right and kill them? They're literally changing the world for the better, for the worse. And he's waiting on God, believing that God is going to do the right thing, which would be to kill all of these people. And we get to Habakkuk chapter 2, and God tells Habakkuk to keep coming to me, but I want you to start writing and reflecting on what you're feeling. Start writing and reflecting on what you're feeling. So Habakkuk starts to write out all of his emotions, and he's still believing that God is going to do what's right. He's still waiting on God to do what's right. And the Bible tells us that God starts to shift Habakkuk's perspective. Habakkuk starts to see that God really has a plan. Habakkuk starts to find a little bit of peace in his heart. And then he goes from worrying, now he starts praying to God, praying that God would continue to give him peace in his heart and perspective as he waits. So God starts giving him peace and perspective. And as God is making it more and more clear that he has a plan and a purpose, that he's working all things out for the good, Habakkuk in this moment, In chapter three, we would see where he starts worshiping. You see, when you understand God has a good plan, you may start out with worry, but your worry turns to worship. When you mature in your faith, your worry doesn't stay in worry. It grows and it turns into worship. You see, his perspective changed when he realized God had a good and perfect plan. And I think we can all take a note from that, myself included, when we're wrestling, when we're worried about the things of life, let us be reminded God has a perfect plan. We should find great peace in our heart knowing that he has figured it out for us. That job that you've been praying for, it's coming. That spouse that you have been waiting for, it's coming. He has a plan. He has a plan. You see, we gotta grow through our weight. And we gotta allow God to change our perspective, even in the waiting. So here's how we do that. We pray for perspective. We pray for perspective. I know I find myself so convicted. I was literally driving here and I was thinking like, Lord, even when I'm in the waiting or even just generally in life, like God, how, how is my prayer life? How is my prayer life? How am I calling on you, God? Am I calling on you with these stale, mundane prayers, the things that you already know. No, God doesn't want us to come to him with stale, small, minute prayers. He wants us to come with bold prayers. He wants us to come to him with bold prayers. And what I'm saying is allow God to change your perspective. Ask God to show us what he's really doing. Instead of your prayers in the waiting, leading with God, why? Allow them to be, God, what are you doing? God, what is it that you want me to leave this wait with? What is it that you want me to learn through the wait? Let your prayers be bold. Let your prayers be desperate. Let them be fiery and gutsy and real. Don't hold back from God in the way. Allow him to change your perspective. And so often we pray asking God, small, minute prayers. like God just change the situation, or God, take me out the situation, no, you don't want God to take you out of the thing that is going to be the catalyst for your growth. You want to allow God to guide you and help you find growth. I love what Fernando said. He said there was moments as he went through this whole journey where he had to push into God, and when he's saying push into God, he meant pray. He really had to call and cry out to God. You see, when we call and cry out to God, we get a perspective, We get an idea of what he's trying to show us. And like Fernando, when you find perspective, it oftentimes leads to peace. It oftentimes leads to peace. Perspective brings peace. I know for many of us, uh, you're probably not a fan of this, but I journal, I love to journal. I love to write things out. I love to write what I'm going through. I think that's such a good step for many of us in this room because when you journal and reflect for a time, even in the waiting, a year, two years, three years, four years, five years down the, down the road, you'll be able to look back and see the faithfulness of God. You'll be able to look back and see that God's hand was really on you that whole time. God doesn't waste the wait. Here's what I want you to do. Number two, here's what I think we should do, is worship in the wait. Let your perspective, let the peace lead to praise. Worship in the wait. In the waiting moments of life, we should worship God. Don't let your worry take you Away from God. Allow it to turn into worship where you're crying and calling out to God, believing he has a plan. You see, Habakkuk, he started with worry. And as he drew near to God, as he pressed into God, he turned it into worship. I don't want to just stop there because I really do believe that our weight, our weight is bigger than just us. Our weight is oftentimes also to help other people. Our weight is also to help other people. I think the waiting moments of life is an opportunity for us to help others by sharing our story, by sharing what we're experiencing, by sharing the growth pains, by sharing what God had did in the past, what he delivered you from, and has you doing in the presence. Our wait can help others. Consider an opportunity to help others find healing and hope. I think it's so interesting, Michelle and I, my wife and I, we moved from Miami, Florida a few months back, and uh, we lived in Miami, well, she lived in Miami her whole life, and I was there for about seven years. And as we were doing ministry, um, we found the greatest and most impactful moments of our ministry wasn't sermons that I preached, wasn't when we went and had fellowship with people. It was when we shared our story. You see, Michelle and I, we both come from broken homes. Our parents were divorced. We both came from broken marriages, and you would be so surprised how uplifting and how impactful it was to walk with people that we're experiencing the same thing. I'm saying that to say, who can better help someone who's battling with blank than someone who has battled with blank? Who can better help someone that has battled with an addiction or is battling an addiction than someone who is battling the addiction? Who can better help someone who has battled abuse? Who can fill in the blank, whatever your story is, It's not for you, it's not just for you, it's for other people. Our story isn't just for us. When we share our story, we help people see the glory of God. We help others see the goodness of God. You see, your deepest life message can come from your deepest pain. Your deepest life message can come from your deepest pain. Sometimes the greatest revelation comes out of the darkest destination in life. But you've gotta open your eyes and trust God. You've got to open your eyes and trust that God has put that before you as a part of your story for his glory. Your story isn't about you. You see, our weight is important that we embrace it. Don't just endure it. Embrace it. You see, we can handle pain when we remind ourselves of purpose. Anybody in here work out? I clearly don't. (laughs) I clearly don't. I stopped. God bless me. Anyways. There's actually, I'm going to do this. There's a guy in this room. um, He's about yay high. Fair skin. Kind of has like this comb over. Sometimes wears like a really tight shirt with tight jeans and Chelsea boots. You know, he serves in our ministry. His name starts with J and ends with P. And every week, literally when I see this dude, my friend JP, I mean, uh, my friend, um, he literally is like waddling. Like into the exchange or whenever we're hanging out, I'm like, bro, you, you good, bro? You, you straight? And he's always like, yeah, bro, you know, I just got done squatting 6,000 pounds, bro. Yeah, I'm good. I'm here, bro. I'm ready. I'm like, 6,000, cool, bro. That sounds awesome. Hope that you last and make it through, you know? You see, he, he does that because he knows it's rewarding. It's going to lead to growth. It's going to help him get stronger it's going to help him grow and get bigger he he desires this reward you see working out often oftentimes can be painful but rewarding you see oftentimes lifting weights leads to growth and oftentimes our weight our w-a-i-t will lead you to growth don't despise the weight Don't despise the weight. The weight isn't the moment to run. The weight is the moment to lean in to what God is doing. Our weight is building our faith. It's building our character. Our weight is making us stronger. Your weight is your story. I think about some people in the Bible. Many people that you've probably heard their names. I think about King David, right? Think about what he had to go through. Before he was named King, he was a shepherd for many years, tending sheep. That's an awesome job, right? I think about uh, so many other people. I think about the woman that we read in, in the Gospels, the woman with the issue of blood. She was bleeding out, and people looked at her and disgust and discouraged her. They made fun of her. They believed that she was cursed, and it took her 12 years until she found healing. She had to wait 12 years till she could get to a place of healing. I think about uh, the man that we read in, in the Gospels. The man that was paralyzed. They call him an invalid. He was laying at this pool, the Bible tells us, for 38 years on a mat because he couldn't get up. 38 years of waiting until God came and he healed him. Until God came and he changed his story. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting on? I just want you to know on the other side of your setback is your greatest setup. On the other side of your setback is your greatest setup, but you've got to press into God. You think about Nehemiah, this man. He he was going to be the greatest influencer. He had a call in his life to be a great influencer and have kingdom impact. But before he could be a great influencer, he had to wait. And guess what his job was? He was a cupbearer. You know what that means? He would take the king's cup before the king would drink, and he would drink it for him to make sure it wasn't poisoned best job ever. Some of you in this room today, you're you're just waiting as you work in a restaurant. You're waiting as you, you do something that you don't desire to do, and you're just waiting for God to do what you've been praying for. Let me tell you, pray for perspective as you wait. Pray bold prayers. Grow dependent on God. Lean into what God is doing, because this is the truth. Your delay is not necessarily your denial. Your delay is not necessarily your denial. Oftentimes before God does something for you, he has to do something in you. He's got to work on your faith. He's got to work on your trust. He's got to work on your heart. Lean into God in the wait. Don't despise the wait, because God moves when he's ready. He moves when we're ready. His timing is perfect. God doesn't waste the way. Earlier I mentioned the story of my sister as she battled about 10 years ago. This kidney failure where she was literally hospitalized for many months and we waited for for a year for her to find a kidney, a match, someone that had the same blood type or had a kidney that was compatible to her body. And God did deliver. God did come through. God did provide that kidney. And we rejoiced. We celebrated. We thanked God. We praised God. But here's the truth. About 11 years later, we find ourselves in the same place yet again. My sister today, she about a year and a half ago, she was diagnosed again with kidney failure, and we didn't know why. We we didn't know what God was trying to do. We were I was so angry. I was frustrated. Oh my like, God! How could you allow us to go through this yet again? But I just experienced this peace from the Holy Spirit that reminded me, He's got it taken care of. His plan is perfect. He's working it out for the good. I really believe what my sister is experiencing, even as she battles through kidney failure again, connected to a machine twice a day for about eight-hour cycles, in the middle of the night finding herself getting up and throwing up because she feels so weak and anemic, I really do believe this is going to be the greatest part of her story. I really do believe that so many people are going to find hope and healing because of my sister's story. I don't know what your story is. I don't know what the thing that you're waiting on God for is or looks like, but I want you to know, lean in, pray for perspective, seek out what God is doing, allow your peace to turn to praise, allow God to shape you, to mold you, to mature you in the waiting of life. But while we wait, here's what we have to do. We have to trust him. We have to trust him. Today, we're going to go into small groups and... I want to encourage you guys to do this. I want to encourage you to share your weight. Share the waiting moment. You never know how it can find someone else, find healing or hope. I want you not to despise the waiting. I want you to praise God for the waiting. I want you to pray bold prayers as you wait on God to do what you've been begging him to do. Why? Because we know God's timing is perfect. We know his plan is perfect. Oftentimes it won't change on the outside, but what he's doing is doing something new on the inside. He's the God of healing. He's the God of hope. He's the God of purpose. He's the God of intentionality. He's the God of power. And he's in control. So right now we're going to sing another song. And I believe so many of us in this room are just experiencing this heaviness as we went through this Waiting Forward series. We've been questioning God. We've been wrestling with God. I want us to just sing. I want us to turn the worry into worship. I want us to sing like we believe that God is getting ready to exceed our expectations because that is the God who he is. So right now, let's stand. Let's sing. Let's believe that today. He is the God of healing. He's the God of hope. And it's all in his hand and in control.